0: Different people will, will have different shows where where one friend of mine collected DVDs for the longest time, tons and tons of years of, of DVDs, and then- nowadays, it's very hard to find someone with a DVD player. And so he put all of them in his Plex library. And so if he ever wants to share a movie with me, I can watch it on Plex. And, and that's the way we do it. And then you can also put home movies on there. And then the Plex even has its own live TV channels that I've tuned into on occasion. And it's it's just nice to have and, and have so many options. And I, I like the aggregation of services. It does feel like we're kind of reinventing cable where we're just like everything is all in one package.
1: Visit skillsoft.com events to register for an exclusive webinar on preparing your workforce to adapt to emerging cyber threats. Explore the multi-pronged approach they take at Skillsoft on Tuesday, April 19th, 2022 at 2 p.m. Eastern. Register at skillsoft.com slash events today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am your host, Ben Popper, director of content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my co-host, Cassidy Williams. Hi, Cassidy. Hello. Glad to be here. Cassidy is the head of developer experience and education at remote.com. Which is a very cool company, uh, especially in this day and age, as so many companies are going remote and distributed. Speaking of international affairs, uh, Cassidy, you are preparing a very cool project. I know you want to shout it out, so let's plug it. What are you doing, and how? What's it all about?
0: Yeah, and so myself and Sarah Vieira, we. We're talking and, and decided to put together a conference to benefit Ukraine amongst all the uh troubles that are happening over there with, with the Russian attacks. And so yes. we honestly whipped this up in a couple weeks and, and it was great. And, and she built the website and and I basically wrote the blog posts and, and edited code here and there. And, and uh, we got some people at remote to help us and we made this event and we've got some really awesome speakers. You can find people from the core team of react from view. Um, we've got back end tracks and front end tracks and, and uh, we're trying to raise money. That'll all go directly to uh NGOs in Ukraine that that are going to be helping people uh, get out, get the aid that they need. And right. um, it's very exciting. It, in the first 24 hours that we announced it, we passed our goal of 15K Donated, and so we increased the goal. And so, if you want to check it out, it's a free conference, and it's at devsforukraine.io.
1: Very cool. Yes. Regardless of your politics, I think we can all agree uh, war is a terrible thing, and you know it's great mm-hmm. when help goes to uh, people who need it, people whose lives have been dislocated or disrupted by the conflict. So that's pretty awesome. We will put it in the show notes, and folks can check it out. When is it happening?
0: It's happening at the end of April, April 25th and so April twenty fifth and twenty sixth.
1: Okay. I have some fun news that kind of ties back to a few things we've talked about before. GitHub can now auto-block commits containing API keys and auth tokens. So this is kind of on mm. you know this larger trend that we've been talking about of to what degree do developers trust GitHub or npm to take care of them? To what degree should they trust them? Um, you know, and to what degree should those platforms kind of take some of the responsibility um, out of your hands? So. I guess uh yeah, in your mind, how does something like this work and is this a win-win?
0: Yeah, I think this is something where I, I'm sure that they're doing all kinds of cool engineering under the hood for detecting what those kinds of keys look like. And I'm sure there's plenty of AI figuring out what what a key might look like. But the fact that you can stop that from happening. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure many developers are just like, well, you just don't commit keys. How would you do that? I think <laughs> Many people have accidentally committed a key <laughs> at least once in their life. And, and yes. so the, yes. this is going to be great just for security in general, the, for, for everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I was at DJI, uh, we had some back and forth about a bug bounty program. It's all in public. So feel free to talk about it. And it involved, yeah, some um, API keys and other things that should not have been left in a public AWS bucket. And that's another one I think <laughs> happens a lot. This uh, is not for everybody. Obviously, if you're just a basic user, it's not going to apply to you. It's for folks who are in like a GitHub enterprise cloud. You know, your company has opted in and it's scanning all your code. Well, now I can do, you know, these extra things for you. So, yeah, I guess we're moving on here in the news. Another thing um, that we wanted to touch on, I thought this was kind of fun. Um, obviously, Fast.co, uh, it's not fun that they had to lay off some folks, but it's a big, beautiful air table that they're, fellow co-workers and technologists put together and instead of like a so sorry to see you go blog it's just a hey you can hire all of these people and they're all they've each got their own little card and their resume and everything like that so
0: yeah that's that's great i, w- I was really surprised to see fast shut down it felt <laughs> it's a pun it felt fast <laughs> how yeah. fast Fast shutdown. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: which is hard to say, but uh, yeah, because because they were such a v- VC sweetheart for a little while, and and I know some people who had worked there had left there and stuff, and and so I'm I'm not utterly shocked, but right. I am I am definitely like oh dang that that was quite the turnaround there. <laughs>
1: I do think uh, as a former sort of like business technology venture reporter, the tide is kind of going out. Um, you know, there was years sort of leading up to the pandemic where just like the valuations got kind of bananas. Mm-hmm. You know, there were the, a few like the, you know, the WeWorks of the world. But then during the pandemic, they, they got even more bananas. You know, there were like just m- j- billion dollar companies being minted left and right. Um, and now there's been sort of a reversion to the mean where a lot of folks are not willing to give funding for that next private round at that eye-watering valuation unless you've got, you know, a, a pretty sustainable business model. It's no longer just, well, if you've got growth, like here you go, you know, blank check kind of thing. So go. <laughs> you know, that's the thing I think software engineers kind of get caught up in because it's not I mean, you know, some software engineers start their own companies or are very business savvy, but a lot of times you go to work for a company during a, a sort of a, a moment of hype or a moment of exuberance and then there's the dot com bubble, or there's you know kind of what's happening now, and um, unfortunately, that's unfortunate when that happens to people.
0: It's it's wild to see some some companies raise so fast, and then some take mm. a lot longer. Where, for example, yeah. uh, uh, Remote, where I work, uh, we announced our Series C today, and and it's very exciting hey, that we announced it, and, and excited about that. Can't complain. Um, but it feels fast, and it's it's something where we had raised a Series B last year, middle of last year, and then um, I they're they're only two or th- two and a half ish years old. They're not a very old company, um, and so it was it was kind of a quick turnaround. Meanwhile, a company that I worked for a while ago, oh gosh, seven years ago, they just raised a Series C, and they're They're a lot older than than where remote is, but they're at about the same level now funding wise and so it's it's such a there's no. Rhyme or reason to it. It feels like it's much more of an art than a science, depending on the company right. and what they do and what. Well, what you they had bring. said,
1: uh, I think on an earlier episode, that remote, you know, went from thirty people to nine hundred people as employees, right? And so then, obviously,
0: fast, yeah. You know,
1: if if you're if you're trying to fill demand, if the demand is there, you're hiring employees. Well, then you know, obviously, mm-hmm. after a year, you know, with <laughs> what is that? That's two hundred times the employees. Um, or 300 times the employees you know you had before, or 30 times the employees you had before. You yeah you need to be able to sustain that burn rate. Stack Overflow is kind of the opposite. I mean, it ended up going to like a Series E or something like that, but it took 12, 13 years to get there. And now we're in this crazy position, which we kind of I think I appreciate of being owned by a public company that has a lot of money but not being like a public company where the share price goes up and down and you stress out about that. So um, right. it's kind of, it,
0: it doesn't like, affect your compensation yeah. regularly.
1: Yeah, exactly. you like once a year, you know, if we, if we do well, like our little, you know, our little company will be reevaluated and that's always good for employees and folks who worked hard, but it's not as like stressful as, oh, everyone's decided tech stocks are bad. And now, you know, all this, you know, house shopping I did is no longer relevant. Yeah.
0: Which is <laughs> actually happening with a lot of people I know.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll get another day, but it's, I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it's hard not to get ahead of yourself and hard not to get excited. People in this world of software are, right. are extremely well compensated and you say, well, I've got this stock option plan and it's clear that I'll be getting X amount of money over the next three years. And you, I'll go to the bank and they'll say, we'll lend you money for a house based on this you know, amount of money. But then if the stock price gets cut in half, you know, all of a sudden the calculus on that loan can change. And it it can be, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, last one on the news side, and then we'll jump into the topic of the day. Plex.tv. Are you a user or know anyone who's a user? I, I know some people who swear Plex. by Plex. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I, I use Plex a lot.
1: So I thought this was interesting. There's, they want to be the super hub where you know all of your streaming services are connected to it, and I just go in and search once. It gives me universal search. This is something I do need. I have an Apple TV. It does okay with it, but like I could certainly see it could be better. And then obviously the joy of plex is mix that with you know an offline or a a, you know personal library of stuff you own that isn't on streaming um this i came this came up the other day my son wanted to watch the clone wars animated show that was only ever on cartoon network and for whatever reason is owned by like paramount and six other companies and so will never (laughs) be on streaming um so i had to go like find him a bunch of bootlegs on youtube but um, you know, I could have also bought the DVD and then I could put it on Plex and then we could watch it whenever we want. Right. So how do you use it? Like, what what do you, what do you get out of it?
0: Uh, honestly, it's kind of similar where a friend of mine, he, uh, I, I've actually a few friends with Plex service and I just kind of cling to all of them where different people will, will have different shows where, where one friend of mine collected DVDs for the longest time, tons and tons of years of, of DVDs. And then nowadays, it's very hard to find someone with a DVD player. And so he put all of them in his Plex library. And so if he ever wants to share a movie with me, I can watch it on Plex and, and that's the way we do it. And then you can also put home movies on there. And then the Plex even has its own live TV channels that I've tuned into on occasion. And it's it's just nice to have and, and have so many options. And I, I like the aggregation of services. It mm. does feel like we're kind of reinventing cable <laughs> where yeah. we just like everything totally. is all in one package um but you it's, don't have it's to flip still channels exciting. to find
1: what you want to watch it's so annoying <laughs>
0: yeah oh gosh but i i'm i am excited for it because it's it's i tend to hop between apps where if it's something that i have on like netflix but i want i was watching hulu earlier and then i was and then i wanted to watch plex for this or something for that Plex doing this and and consolidating everything reminds me of the services uh, like Movie Anywhere or Movies Anywhere. Have you seen those ones? And mm-hmm. it's basically instead of subscriptions, it's it's movies that you own digital copies of, and it can combine like. Fandango and Voodoo and all of all of these other right. platforms, Amazon and stuff where you can put it all in one place. And and I have one of those accounts where I admit I don't own as many movies, but I, I have a few. And so it's nice to have them all in right. one hub connected into one place. Plex doing that, I I like it. It makes my life a bit easier.
1: Yeah. There used to be these awesome workarounds. I can't remember the name of the company. We'll have to look it up, but it was like right around the time when Netflix was getting ready uh, to do streaming and people still got DVDs in the mail where like they bought all the DVDs and then you could stream it from anywhere and it was okay because they were renting it to you and then playing it that like physically the disc would have to start spinning somewhere And then they can stream it to you. It was like this really funny piracy workaround. (laughs) I think the other thing, obviously, if anything gets posted on Hacker News, somebody has to, like the thread has to be negative. Um, But a lot of people there were sort of saying the hilarious thing about Plex now is that it does in many cases require like a cloud login. And if you don't have internet, then you're not going to be able to access um, your Local files, Um, and so folks were pointing out another one called Jellyfin or Jellyfish. So developers have already moved on to the more, you know, the more pure version of Plex.
0: Yeah, Plex does have like a Pro premium account thing where if you do want offline access, you can get it, but you have to own the media. And so if I wanted to see my friends' DVDs, for example, I'm not able to see those because uh, because I have a Pro account. But if if it were on my own server, you can use that.
1: Very cool. All right, let us switch over to the topic of the day. Um, I think this one, I'll just run you through real quick and we'll sort of take a temperature check. And then maybe when we have more folks on the show, we can dive a little deeper. But this was uh, a security list. It takes you in some pretty deep directions across um, what you're doing, what you've got installed, how you do software, how you do hardware. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, it was just kind of interesting as like a gut check. So use a strong password. I'm going to say, yes, I do that. And sometimes I just use like the auto-generated one, but when I use the auto-generated one, that's like from Apple or Chrome, then I am using a browser to save my passwords, which is not safe. So I can't have it both ways. I guess there, that was my first, that was the first sign that I'm not doing it. Right. Sign up for breach alerts. No way, man. update my passwords periodically only if the system is forcing me to don't use a four digit pin. Well, sometimes people ask me to make a four digit pin. Should I just say no? what do people do? Avoid face unlock? oh that's a, that's an advanced category. I don't know looking at this, yeah. I felt I'm not you know, I'm not really keeping myself that safe.
0: I do a few of these where I I use a password manager and and generate strong passwords and I try to rotate them somewhat regularly. Mm -hmm. I I recently rotated passwords and forgot to connect my email accounts after that and lost (laughs) like a month worth of emails. So eh, I'm not great at it. But I do think that that this is a generally good list of all the things that we should be doing. I I feel like there's no way to be perfectly secure with anything, but you can you can just try to be as secure as you can be. And and I was just talking with parents and family members and stuff recently, like Mm. about what two-factor authentication means, how can you do it? Because they had a neighbor that recently someone hacked into their bank account because they didn't have two-factor auth. It was just a password and it was a shared family password. Like there's, there's, yeah, exactly. There, there's a lot of things that you can do that will stop most things from going completely wrong.
1: Yes. Yeah, two FA is the best.
0: Yeah, to 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 factor off, you, you should do it. Something that I actually learned recently related to this that blew my mind. Um, someone I know is working a lot with Word files recently and kind of hacking Word documents, which is a very specific thing to to work on. But they learned a lot about how the encryption of Word documents work, and it's it's. Very secure. So much so that he got on a call and was ranting to me and saying, if you put all of your passwords in a Word doc and made it an encrypted, secure, password-protected Word doc, that's just as good as something like 1Password mm, because, because of how secure it is. And I thought that was fascinating as he right. was talking about like how, how it works under the hood.
1: Cool. Yeah, I bet it is because you know they probably have a ton of government contracts that go to a pretty high level and they like want those people to use Microsoft Word and Excel right. you know for their clandestine uh, top secret tier level only information
0: <laughs> office 365 for the government
1: the one i love here was to understand your browser fingerprint because to me this is always the one where it's mm. like no matter what you do it's like it's like the battle of nature evolution it's like there's the the you know the the move and the counter move the measure and the countermeasure like Do everything you can to stop people from knowing who you are. Use all this different stuff. But if you use the same device and the same browser in the same time zone every day, the data brokers will get you. They'll figure out who you are. They'll start targeting you with ads for shoes. Like, it's just, you know, like, I don't want to be like changing my phone out, you know, or like rotating my device. That's just like, I, I can't, I can't commit to that. But.
0: Uh, I saw I saw this thing and and I can't tell you what where the article is from. It was definitely like an anecdotal thing, but there was this person and she was saying, "Okay, I'm going to follow it wasn't this security checklist, but it was a security checklist and followed it to the extreme where she only browsed on VPNs and rotated VPN stuff. She only used uh privacy respecting browsers and only used search engines that were very private and stuff and and basically like went sort of off the grid while still being able to use the internet and stuff, by by using everything completely privately. And she ended up being contacted by the FBI because <laughs> they were just like, who are you and what are you doing? Because it was, she was so right. secure that it was suspicious.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. You're yeah. trying to everything you can to uh, mask yourself. And that just makes you, it's like,
0: Suspicious
1: suddenly Exactly, so suspicious (laughs) All right, well, uh, yeah I I will share the link in the show notes Uh, If you want to leave a comment or send us an email Let us know how you scored Uh, We'll do a little bit more of this when we have some more hosts on Because I I think this is a pretty interesting checklist And makes me realize that I do Some of this stuff, like you said, is second nature for me Because of my age Whereas it's not for like my parents' generation And I wonder if people who are younger than us Some of this stuff is even more second nature All right, let's jump to a lifeboat, a few tech wrecks, and we are out of here. All right, awarded yesterday to Joseph Sibir, what's a regex that matches all numbers except one, two, and 25? Well, that one seems more like a puzzle, but I will include it in the show notes if you want to do a little brain teaser. My tech wreck of the week, it is called the TENS, T-E-N-S. I'm not really sure what that stands for. It is a little uh, box and you plug it in and then you put little patches on you and it stimulates your muscles with electricity. And
0: I just saw can- that recently too. It seems oh, yeah? interesting.
1: It's kind of like acupun- what acupuncture does is like increase blood flow to a certain place. So if you don't want to do acupuncture at home, because that seems kind of dangerous, you put it on some muscles that are sore, or achy or whatever, and it basically just stimulates them. That gets blood flowing through. Blood flowing through clears out old stuff inflammation and brings in healthy stuff so uh yeah it's been really nice for my back and shoulders and i will include a link it's it's technology okay
0: yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> mine is uh my recommendation is a service called covatar and it's something that's that's pretty neat where what it is is you sign up and 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 request an avatar for yourself, and they will have an artist draw something for you, like a real human will, will draw an avatar of you, and you can request changes and stuff up to a certain point, and then you can use that avatar on various websites and stuff. And they have different versions of it where they can make graphics and comics for you. the it's, it's a really nice little service and, and I got one for myself and it's a nice, it's, it's a good drawing. I'll totally use it. And I, I've already changed uh, my profile picture on a few things to, to that. And it's, it's nice if you don't want to use a photo of yourself. I
1: love marketplaces that help creative people get paid. Do you go in here and pick a like aesthetic, like a genre or how do you? Yeah. You can
0: choose, you can choose a few different art styles that you prefer and then they'll match you with an artist that does that art style. Nice. Yeah. And they, they can do like various like apparel and and masks right. and things like that too.
1: Yes, I see now. The anime version of myself coming soon. Excellent. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can always email us podcast at StackOverflow.com with questions or suggestions. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on the podcast platform of your choice. It really helps.
0: I'm Cassidy Williams, Head of Developer Experience and Education at Remote. You can find me at Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things.
1: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.
0: Bye.